and welcome to this special uh, recording uh, linked with the Post Claims Club live event today. I'm delighted to say, join me for this recording. We have uh, Graham Smart from McLaren's, who will today be speaking on behalf of the Chartered Institute of Rochester, for which he is the current president. We have John Pyle from Munich Re, and finally Stephen Bryson from BTO. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you. Hello. So I suppose I have to ask, start with the, the obvious question, really, which is how have you reacted to the uh, the new normal and adapted to life in COVID-19 lockdown? Stephen, how are BTO managing? Well, obviously, it, was, it all came a little bit as a shock to everyone that we were going to end up so quickly into a situation where we had to um, show our um, agility um, so so fast. Um, but I've been really impressed with how well BTO has uh, handled it. We we basically hired a, hired some vans for a couple of days and managed to get uh, people set up at home, um, so that um, everybody who needed to work from home really had the facilities to do so within um, a couple of days of the whole situation developing. Um, so from that point of view, um, oh, it's not been without its challenges, but it's been quite a successful process in managing to get everybody um, set up uh, to do what they need to do to keep the business going and to keep the service going. Um, where we are heading in relation to the new normal remains to be seen. Obviously, we're we're all still waiting for updates in relation to when um, things are likely to be relaxed and when potentially we might be back in the office. But for now, things seem to be working OK with people um, doing it remotely. Um, John? Well, I think the advantage for us was that we were already moving into a flexible working environment. Uh, I think the companies adapted very well. They looked at what what the requirements were and moved very quickly to ensure that we had the right infrastructure around us to uh, adapt uh, into what is the new normal. Interestingly enough for us, uh, the biggest challenge is still around um, dealing with staff. When you're used to socially interacting with staff in a physical environment, I, you know, face to face, you can understand the body language and how you communicate with them. To learn how to do this over, um, so, well, whatever communication channels you're using becomes uh, a new learning new skill that you have to adapt to you have to actually understand what people are saying so tone of voice has become really important in understanding what people are doing and you really do have to listen to them graham i mean how you seen the loss adjusting sector kind of uh, react and, and adapt to the new normal well i think i'll answer the question jonathan in in, in two ways i think i'll just just um, if I may just talk about the Institute as, as a body. Um, the, the Institute has been, has been moving to um, deliver more educational material, more CPD material um, virtually through through webinars. Um, as, as this was this was announced, um, the, the Institute moved straight to, to home working. Um, obviously, face-to-face -face events have been cancelled, but there, there was a, a, a recognition that actually there's, a, there's an opportunity here for students you know, on, on, on the qualification journey, um, perhaps with a little more time and, and perhaps some more, more, more um, focused attention can 
progress to qualification. So there's been a focus on on those you know, um, in in the latter stages of, of the um, progression. And we've seen a, a number of people um, qualify um, over the last couple of weeks, um, completing the the ACS, which is the final part of the um, of the process. And I know there's a pile of exam certificates waiting waiting signature when the office reopens, which is a, a real joy. Um, you know, one of the other things that's, that that we've done, um, and that this is recognising that the long term situation may 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 not um, uh, open up in in the way that we'd hope, is to to move to um, online examinations, and um, we've contracted with our um, external providers who manage the examination centres for us to actually deliver examinations in people's homes um, in a secure um, electronically managed way and we expect to have that um, up and running um, within the next couple of months so that, that's a, a real progression for us and actually we'll, we'll, we'll maintain that um, that going forward so just to give us a, a level of flexibility for, for the wider adjusting profession I think adjusters are acknowledged as, as being resilient and and um, very used to dealing with challenging situations whether that's a, a catastrophe or, or a surge event so um, you know, th th this has been been treated by by the adjusting community as as just that. Um, you know, most will be be equipped for remote working in in any event. Um, you know, many businesses have moved to um, you know, serviced offices um, and, and you know, moved away from major 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 centres. So, I think there's been a been a, you know, a, a flexibility. The obvious challenge is is just around the face to face. Uh, in, interaction and you know, there are a, a number of technology solutions that are being deployed whether that's you know, remote video from, from site, um, remote um, upload live interviews etc so I think that's been that's been the, the, the challenge but you know there the remains situations where it, it is absolutely necessary still to conduct site visits whether it's a you know it's, 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 a, it's a major or complex loss and, and they are uh, still happening in extremis but obviously, you know, recognising the, um, the the need to protect the employees, um, or our, our employees and, and our members, um, to protect members of the public and policyholders, and and respect all of the um, you know, requirements around key worker status and, and and social distancing. So, you know, very challenging time, particularly you know with the external visits. But one thing that the profession as a whole has risen to. Can I just ask you, I mean, talking about, you know, you talk about the uh, loss adjusting profession rising up um, to the challenges of COVID-19. I mean, one of the issues that's obviously been in the uh, headlines quite a lot is, is business interruption insurance. And the insurance industry does seem to be getting a little bit of a kicking at the moment. Do you think this is a battle that the insurance industry could have handled better? And actually, you know, there is still actually some uh, possibility that it could actually reclaim some of that reputational damage maybe in the future, Graham? I mean, you've watched it obviously from this side. Yeah, you know, I think it, it, with the benefit of hindsight, we all recognise you can do anything better. Um, and I think one of the um, one of the messages that yeah, is, is lost is, is the true value of, of insurance and the you know, the, the the significant claims payments that are made by the industry as a whole every every day, and I think you know, the, the, some of the public you know, policyholder dissension you know, may lose sight of the, you know, the the true value of of, of covers. You know, business interruption and and the the extensive coverage is probably the most complicated area of of, of insurance, and yeah, I think there's probably been 
uh, a general lack of appreciation as as to the extent of of, of covers and the the particular um, restrictions. You know, could that be communicated better? I'm sure it will be will be in the future. Um, you know, what was this scenario ever ever anticipated in this sort of extreme way? Cle clearly not. But yeah, I think that there'll be plenty of examples of where policies are are responding, um, where the cover was was anticipated, was purchased, and as as well as the you know, the, the the actual claim settlements, there'll be you know, real examples of of, of of loss mitigation assistance that that are, that's been brought, and particularly by adjusters, and that's one of the key things that adjusters will, will, will do is 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 look to assist um, policyholders with mitigation of not just insured losses but uninsured losses as well. Stephen. Yeah, I mean, I think I think communication is really key to all of this because um, I think what we've seen a lot of so far is perhaps a lack of proper communication with policyholders about the extent of their cover and whether cover coverage decisions are being made. Um, I know from policyholders that uh, they they do feel that in some cases they have been um, getting getting one answer from one representative of. Um, a, a supply chain in insurance and getting a different answer from someone else. And that lack of consistency, I think, has contributed to um, a level of suspicion amongst policyholders where coverage is being um, denied um, as to um, you know, the, the, the situation in the insurance industry generally. Um, so I think in order to try and, I think, regain the trust of the policyholders and the, the 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 public generally, I think the insurance industry does need to clarify these issues pretty quickly, and come up with robust decisions for you know to cover or not to cover, um, and stick with them so that people know where they stand and that they can decide what further action they need to take based on that. John, well, I think one of the problems we have is the poor management of news generally. Um, I mean, for example, both, as Graham pointed out, good news and Stephen pointed out bad news. We don't manage our communication channels effectively. I mean, for example, Admiral came out across the board, gave all of their um, motor um, insureds 25 pounds back. Now, that was received very positively and made quite a lot of news in the insurance press, but not so much news sort of generally within the press itself. And it's been dwarfed by the um, BI issue. Now, I have to be honest, I found that quite surprising because, um, yeah, I mean, there's been... Other things like travel insurance, wedding insurance, event insurance that have all been out there. But the one that's really hit the news is the BI insurance, right? Now, uh, why that's um, taken off and uh, specifically, I, I don't even, even think we can actually genuinely sort of work out why that's taken off more than, say, the travel insurance where – to be honest, we probably had to, you know, reject, decline more claims in travel insurance than we have in BI, but uh, it's had less of an impact. And I think it's because in travel, they got out there quite early, established their positions, 
made it clear to policyholders and fed back. And most people actually understood the message that was being communicated. And that seemed to have actually come through. And they didn't actually just decline. They suggested going back with options. And that's what I think we have to be a little bit more uh, proactive with is a going out first to our policyholders rather than just responding to them, being proactive and going out and selling a message and give them options rather than just an age. So be positive in if with a message, go forward. John, I, th I think one of the um, the issues around business interruption as as a coverage is yeah. is, is definitely um, understanding and you know the, 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 if you if you you know, look at a policy as, as, as a layperson, you know, you'll, you'll understand what fire is, you'll understand what storm is, what theft is. Mm. And I've, I've had a number of conversations with um, local traders, actually, uh, um, you know, in a personal capacity, who've been talking about, well, I'm covered for business interruption. And, and the, the, the level of understanding of the cover doesn't go much beyond that. So there's a, almost an, an assumption that, well, my business has been interrupted, therefore, there, there must be cover. I think that's one, been one of the one of the real challenges. Yeah, I, I'd agree with you. Uh, I think again, we one thing we have to learn from this is communication. As Stephen said, we go out and we've got to actually be responsible for explaining what our coverages are before the claim claims come in. I know. This is an event that we we would never see re repeated. But let's be honest, Greg, it doesn't just include the consumer. Let's be honest, throughout our entire value train, we, people have struggled to understand BI. And right. therefore, we have to put things out in very simple language that people can understand what the coverage actually is. And we've genuinely failed to do so and really that's our that's our fault we've not actually addressed this and simple stuff um you know if you look at it on household and things like that people do put out uh very simple messages on their own websites to explain what the coverage is about why it works and why it doesn't and yet we've never done i've not yet to find one around bi can i ask then john i mean we obviously hope this uh, this kind of uh, scale of an incident never happens again in our lifetime. But yeah. say we were to suffer another major disruption, what lessons could we learn, take to another scenario outside of communication? I think there needs to be clearer transparency around the wordings. I think that people need to know what they're covered for by simply looking the words. And I know a lot's been done recently on that, but even more needs to be done to make wordings far more transparent. Um, over and above that, we've got to be proactive rather than reactive. We basically react to what people need. We should be sending out push notifications to our uh, customers to tell them 
what's out there, what they need to respond, how they need to respond, rather than just sitting there and waiting for them to come to us so that we can actually ask them to right, do what they can first and give them positive suggestions. I think we, we almost as insurers live in fear, all right, of what the repercussions are if we do something wrong. And I think we should be more brave and actually go out and sell what we can do as a benefit to our customers and genuinely say, this is what we can do to help you. And we've done it in the flood situation. I think Graham can quite rightly point back to us and say, look what we've done positively in flood situations. And you think where we've come along the road on flood and become a far more positive industry there, we should learn the lessons from that and become a more customer-focused industry than we're, even than we are now. Graham? Well, I think if you, that's a good point, John, because if you, if you go back and look at um, the way the industry responded to some of the, the weather events, um, it, go back to t- 10 years, I mean, the last major major events that we had, um, Desmond, Eva and Frank, you know, it's a tri- triple storm event o- o- over the winter. And the, the response for the, for the profession as a whole was, I think, first class in very, very challenging circumstances, um, taking on the lessons that, that have been learned. Um, so absolutely, you know, there's the, 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 no better way to, 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 to gain trust than by, you know, demonstration of, of, of preparedness to, to, to listen to change, but then to put that into, into play. Stephen? Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything that uh, that Graham and John have said. Um, but I mean, the, the the importance of the customer experience in all of this it can can never be underestimated. And I think that that's what you've shown in the weather events is that the customer experience has been really positive because there's been a proactive engagement with the customer, finding out what they need. Um, I you know dealing with it very swiftly and efficiently. Um, Obviously, the current situation is something that nobody could have anticipated, um, but I don't think that we've seen the same engagement with those customers that have uh, business interruption uh, issues um, as perhaps we have done on the weather um, it, it, the weather claims. Um, so I think going forward, I think clarity over what's covered and what's not and understanding um, on the part of the customers um, about that um, will go a long way um, to, to smoothing any future processes. And obviously, one of the subjects that comes up time and time again about the, the, the lockdown is, is the role of technology and you know, the fact we are, you know, video conferencing and talking over <clears throat> these kind of platforms now. It, it, this is the new normal, going back to what we said at the start about the new normal. Do we think technology and the role of technology in the claim space when we get out of the lockdown is going to be you know, further further along than it might have been pre-lockdown? I'll come to you on that, John, first. Well, I think it's pushed the cultural shift uh, because I think um, just before this recording, we had a quick chat about um, how people were reluctant to do video conferencing and things like that. Now, it's becoming almost acceptable this is the way we're going to go forward we're going to look at different ways of actually dealing with stuff now we were moving along 
this direction but what it's done is given us an enormous push down this technology route we've actually had to embrace things because we've had no option saying that everybody's going to be you know so tech savvy that we're never going to meet again sort of thing but even in the foreseeable um future there's still going to be some form of social distancing uh policies in place and therefore people will get more and more use to using different social media ch uh, channels different types of communication they'll be used to pushing data data over um phones and uh over your computers to look at so the whole cultural shift i think has actually enabled us to use technology better than we have been doing and that that i think is the uh, big uh, big plus point to that from a claims environment we really are going to be using I think to be more proactively engaged with our customers and to target how we can effectively work with our customers who have claims all along the value chain and I think that's going to be quite important for us. Stephen? Well, from my point of view as a litigator, um, you know, I'm I'm interested in how uh, claims litigation will develop in the future, and certainly, um, the the current scenario has shown that the the Scottish courts are a little bit lacking in 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 um, technological investment, which has meant that they've been quite slow um, to uh, be able to put in place. Um, uh, systems that allow uh, claims to be dealt with remotely or litigation to be dealt with remotely and we are still working through quite a lot of that at the moment. A lot of court cases are not progressing um, as things stand but I think that there are great opportunities in the future and uh, the longer that this situation develops the, the, the greater the need will be for a great leap forward as far as all of that is concerned. Um, and I think from, from my point of view in litigation, we may well see great opportunities um, to fast forward that modernization and really take a step forward into, you know, the, the, the middle of the 21st century rather than the end of the 20th century when it comes to that kind of uh, investment. Um, and, you know, that, that might, uh, might help, although things are becoming more localized. Um, with uh, with the, the current uh, COVID situation, um, the availability of this kind of technology, as we are, you know, we're all at different ends of the country right now talking to one another, um, that may well um, have an impact on how we uh, use the court systems and who we use um, as to, to provide evidence in the court systems, um, because they might be able to do so using a method like this. Um, so lots of opportunities for change in the future, and I think I think. It, it, it's inevitable that techn technology is really going to develop very fast here. Finally, Graham. Well, I think we, we've taken a, a quantum leap forward um, in, in technology use um, over, over the last month or so. Um, and you know, a, a lot of that has been around you know, communication and, and undoubtedly you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's a real assist and, and you know, compensation for the absence of face-to-face of -face, um, engagement. But I think in the in, in the complex arena, um, you know, there is no replacement for that 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 personal uh, on-site engagement. You know, often adjusters are the only 
um, face of the adjusting market that someone will see, and some faces are clearly better than others. But you know, we 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 we, you know, we, we bring a personal um, personal level of of engagement to to the whole the whole process, and that the, the empathy that that is delivered, um, the the investigative skills, you know, how, and how you know you, you can better read. You know, someone's body language face to face, how you can you know, get a better appreciation of circumstances and also how, how you can you can bring you know, innovative loss mitigation solutions. You know, it, for me, the, the, those, those aspects are, you know, can never be replaced by technology and you know, will be dependent on the retention of, of, of that personal face to face contact. Sure, sure, technology is there to help with the communication. It's, it's definitely made things more efficient. It helps with, with the loss calculation, et cetera. But I, I don't see that replacing that engagement. Well, so obviously at the Post Claim Club, we hope to uh, get out of this situation so we can actually meet up face-to-face. Because I think whilst these virtual claims club events are good, um, you can't really beat the uh, face-to-face yeah. events. So uh, on that note, I'd like to say, unfortunately, we've run out of time. So I'd like to say a big thank you to Graham, to Stephen, and to John. Thanks very much for your time. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. And also remember to stay tuned uh, for the Post Claims Club website for uh, news of our future events. And also, hope you stay tuned today to keep up with events on the Post Claims Club live. Uh, until the next one, goodbye for me and stay safe. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>